aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said... (laughs) We're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Ayo. Can we ever do that with a straight face? Never. And not try that. I snapped. You I snapped. don't know why. Because you clapped, so I thought I'd snap. Well, it was like, I want to, you know, pump you up. Oh, I get <laughs> it. Okay. <laughs> who's that laughing? <laughs> Wait a second. We have a guest today. Go on. I don't want to freak everyone out. We have a guest. She's amazing. Mara Wilson. Hi. So uh, to be here. Writer, actor, voice artist, brilliant person. Amazing, amazing on Twitter. Amazing. Oh, that's, <laughs> Come on. that's that will be my legacy. That will be that will be on my, you know, gravestone. Absolutely. <laughs> she was so good at Twitter. She was amazing at Twitter. Yeah. She won the internet. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the internet, you can tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find a struggle buddy. Uh <laughs> Okay. We said that once, and By then accident. we just kept saying it. And then yeah. everyone just started using yeah. the hashtag. Yeah. Hey, All it's right. a hashtag. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're just yeah. realizing that now. There's, on people, this, our there's people at home who episode. are like, we thought that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. And Instagram, we're on it. There'll be pictures of us. What? Instagram.com slash the pod And tweet at Sally T or me at SPK Heller. And... To join the super secret Facebook group, you can go on to uh, – no, don't go on to anything. Actually, just email us. <laughs> go on to your computer. Go on to your computer. Email us your email. And we do have a secret Facebook group. It's for Struggle Buddies. It's called Struggle Buddies. We're totally not exclusive. Anyone can join. Uh, just make sure you're nice and kind in the group. It's a place to sort of vent or find help if you're in a new city and need to connect with someone or find out about certain issues that we don't know about – um, and you can help each other out, uh, go on the group. And it's a fun, safe, affirming place where we try to police aggression and hostility yeah, as much nice. as we possibly can. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because every other place on earth has too much aggression and hostility. So yeah. uh, join the Facebook group, guys. So, Mara, uh, let's talk about you. Yeah. Um, you were at the mayor's office. Are you allowed? Yeah, to I talk? was actually doing. Yeah, what? I went to Gracie Mansion yesterday as uh, you do with Jenny Jaffe because uh, we were in invited to meet the first lady of <gasps> New York. Yeah. Oh my god. To uh, talk about these new initiatives that they're doing with mental health and mental health resources and outreach. Uh, wow, it's called Thrive NYC. It's so cool. It's really like I I think it's a really hopeful, wonderful thing that they're doing. They're you know reaching out in all five boroughs and they're, you know, talking to community leaders and they're talking to faith leaders and they're what they're doing is they're making sure that people can uh, connect for mental health. They're going to have uh, text support, you know, <sighs> so like teenagers can use it. They're going to, you know, uh, make help help you make appointments with healthcare professionals and then also do follow up oh, to see amazing. if you actually go through it because it's very easy to make an appointment. Well, it's not that easy, but it's pretty <laughs> easy to make an appointment. It's less easy to actually like leave your house and do things when yeah. you're depressed or you're, you know, scared or something. So uh, they've all of these new initiatives, and uh, Jenny and I. Well, Jenny, uh, well, tell us a little bit about Project okay. You Were Okay, which was originally supposed to be just a series of videos, uh, sort of testimonials, a little bit like it, it gets better, I guess. But it was sort of it was it was taking people who had dealt with mental illness, and uh, and we definitely believe in the term mental illness because it's it's sort of like it's something that happens to you mm-hmm. as opposed to a you know particular failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, illness happens to anyone, and so. 
uh, we she she wanted to make these videos uh, that were people just saying like you know this is what my life was like and this is what my life is like now this is how I struggle with it but you are okay. Mm. Um, we mm. found that some people pronounce it you rock. Uh, <laughs> every dad we know pronounces it you rock. <laughs> that really checks yeah. out. Right? Yeah, you know, it's like a classic rock station. It yeah, like. it totally yeah. is. It totally <laughs> is. So my my brother my brother's a dad and he called it you rock. There you go. Uh, and but it's it's great and it's uh, testimonials and I did a video for them where I showed them a breathing exercise that I learned from uh, from the panic attack workbook. I and did a video too. Yeah, I, you did a video. I talked about um, for people with depression and anxiety, don't yeah. ever tell someone, have you tried yoga? Yeah. <laughs> it basically oh is what not to say to people. Yeah. With. People who are really into yoga suggest that for everything. They really <laughs> do. If you, if you say that you get migraines, they're like, yeah. have you tried doing yoga? Yeah. Yoga is just, it's just. I mean, I like yoga, but like, it's like, it's like I would say like yoga and and like a cup of tea, you know? That's like, that's yeah. like what my dad would always do when you were having any kind of problem mm -hmm. you could be like you know like dad i broke my arm he'd be like all right well uh i'll drive you to the hospital for first let's have some tea just a hot wow. you know yeah it's a a hot cup of tea. and and i mean yoga definitely does have benefits but you need to be able to get to a place where you can actually yeah do yoga and also so, in general yeah. don't tell anyone what they should be doing no <laughs> well i think it's just because people feel out of control and those things scare them because these aren't things that we really talk about that much yeah. so they're trying to be helpful but it's not going to be it's not that helpful uh so so uh we made these videos and then uh started reaching out and providing more resources and Jenny started doing these things and I'm just kind of a public face of it I didn't st start the organization I'm just a very uh big proponent of it because I I really love it and I really support their group and also cuz Jenny's one of my best friends yeah. so I've been working with them and then you know we get this email saying you know the first lady of New York would like to meet with you Whoa, wow. and uh Sally did you check our inbox uh, like, yeah <laughs> yeah I'm well freaking. my publicist got it but can yeah can you talk about what Gracie Mansion looks like on the inside it's really beautiful it's it's really nice it looks like a very old-fashioned house and uh and inside there is like a fireplace and a mantle that Alexander Hamilton died in front of. What? They yeah, they moved it. They moved it to uh, Gracie Mansion because I think he died in New Jersey. Uh, and they and they moved it over. Uh, that's a creepy sort of but commemorate very cool. him. Yeah, well, There's I mean, a photo of you in front of that man. Yeah, yeah. So Jenny and I took a photo of ourselves in front of it, and That's I felt amazing. really weird smiling <laughs> because this is something that a historical figure died in front of. But, uh, but who hasn't died in front of something? Yeah. This is true. This true. is true. You got it. You got I it mean, like, yeah. So, so, so it was. Uh, um, I mean, our whole world is a dinosaur burial ground, if you think about it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, the Trader Joe's we go to, uh, George Washington did something there. Oh, yeah? Good. Wait, really? Yeah. Is that wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Washington Square Park. That I remember when I first came to NYU, people were like, yeah, this is where they, they buried poor people and criminals, you know, people mm -hmm. who couldn't afford to have graves. Uh, so then... Then, uh, yeah, it, it's beautiful inside. And do they um, get to? Is it like um, with the White House, where like the president and the first lady get to like decorate it however they want? Or is that? I don't know. I'm, I'm I don't think like they. You're a historian yeah, I don't think mansion. they actually. I and I don't know if they, I don't think they actually live there. I, I mean, there maybe they spend hours, time yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, but we we they do have tea there, and they have like their own house blend, and it's really good tea. Oh my god, Wait, their own house um, blend. Yeah, like they have their own Gracie Mansion blend. Is it like uh, caffeinated or is it's it caffeinated? Yeah, because I was I. 
I was buzzing when I got out of there. Uh, and it's it's sort of like, it, it tasted kind of like a mix of a couple different kinds of teas, uh, but it was really, really good. And they also had scones for us. Stop it. So we had little little scones and Jenny and I were so excited. And I was so happy. There was, there was coffee too, but I went for the tea. That's amazing. Apparently uh, the first lady is a big fan of ginger tea, which I also am. So and she was she was very nice and uh, and very much she just seems like somebody who's who is uh, who is, you know, very intelligent and has has, you know, studied things and been places and, you know, but then when you actually look her in the eye, like you you would be intimidated, but then you look her in the eye and she has, you know, nice eyes, mm, like kind cool. eyes. She so, seems like she would be incredibly cool. Yeah, she was. She was really cool. And like we we talked about these things and she just she was very forward and said, all right, well, how can we work with you? So that's awesome. That's so great that's really cool. Okay. Our, yeah. There's so stuff. many things I want to talk to you about, but we should get to the emails. But first, yeah. real quick, you have a book coming out too. I do. I do. Now, I'm I'm keeping quiet about some of it so because a lot of it has to be is going to be a surprise. I want it to be a surprise. Um, My boyfriend's in this book. Does I, he? So he knows, right? Yeah, he does. Okay. All right. All I wondered more what extent, to read the book. Yeah, I wondered. I wonder uh, to what extent he knows uh, that he's in this book. But uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. about to find out. <laughs> he is about to find out. But uh, but yeah, I guess he. He, he does have kind of a central role in one of the in one of the essays. And where can we find it? And where can we pre-order it? So it's called Where Am I Now? Uh, which, if you've seen my face around, you know, <laughs> all around the internet, you'll understand why. Uh, <laughs> you can pre-order it now on Amazon and IndieBound That's and awesome. Penguin Random House's uh, website. Uh, but it will be out September thirteenth. Congratulations. So, yeah, and, yeah, and if you are in other countries, you can also order it online there. I know uh, in Canada. Uh, Indigo slash chapters has it online too, apparently. So just look up Mara Wilson, Where Am I Now? and pre order it. Yay. Uh, so, yeah, that's awesome. That is, thank I'm you. I'm very so much. excited. I am so excited. I read one or two chapters. I yeah. think you showed a couple things and I, I was did. thrilled. And it was so interesting. I'm not going to give much away, but. I didn't realize how interested I'd be in the stories of what it was like to be on set yeah. and how kid actors are treated and yeah. the behind. It was really interesting. So it's and essays or? It's it's essays and stories, I would cool. say. I would say like some of it is sort of more, you know, exploration of a theme, but there are some that are very much like beginning, middle, end. Awesome. Okay, so, cool. So, yeah. It's really, and you're such a great writer. Thank so. you. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. It's kind of, I, I wouldn't. Well, I would say it's a memoir, but it's a memoir of my childhood, okay. if that makes sense, cool. of mm-hmm. my my childhood and adolescence, and not of my whole life, because hopefully I have more to live, but uh, <laughs> but of of you know what has happened so far. Awesome, oh, yeah. Cool. Well, let's let's find out what happened to us this week. Okay. Um, so, do you want to go first, Sally? Or sure. I, I want to know what happened. Okay. So I... basically, on my end, I see that Sally's at a wedding, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then I see some tweets, and then I I get this doc, and I'm like, hmm. Something happened at this wedding. The the mm. the tweets were like kind of unrelated to the wedding, but they were also kind of related. But mm-hmm. um, I was in the south, and I was also at a wedding that was in the south. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I'm not one of those people who's here for like arguments about how like the south is more whatever than the north, yeah. like more racist or more homophobic or whatever. But I will say that if you are a person who is like a little gender nonconforming mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, you kind of Sometimes, if you have other kinds of privilege like I do, sort of forget that um, mm-hmm. because you're in Brooklyn, New York. But I have to say, in the South, I was very aware all the time of the way I looked and how different I looked. And um, again, like I, there are like many different levels and kinds of marginalization. And I'm, I'm aware that I also carry a lot of privilege. Um, so, like caveat, I know that. Um, but uh, it was definitely 
like one of those things where like it was like a road trip and uh it was not like a road trip. It was a road trip. And we would pull – it was my girlfriend and I, and we would stop and, like, use the bathroom like McDonald's or whatever. And it's not like the deep south, but it's not Brooklyn. And people were, like, staring at me in the mm. women's room, you know, like with that, like, I think you're in the wrong bathroom kind oh of a look. Oh, my God. You know? Which, you know, I mean – Last week in New York, someone thought I was my friend's son. So it's not like it never happens here. But it, it just – when it's not – in when it's in New York, it's like someone will be like, oh, are you going to take your son up to your office? And I'm like, actually, we're – she's younger <laughs> than me and I'm also a woman. Wow. But in the South, it's it's not just like an innocent question. It's like a – like I don't understand. I shouldn't say in the South. In my in my experience on this one road trip, it's like I don't understand what's happening with you. I think you're in the wrong place. I feel confused, mm. and it's like off putting. Like that's like the energy I was getting, kind right. of. What did and you say to people? I didn't. I mean, I didn't say anything because people weren't saying anything. To, I mean, they would leave the bathroom, and then it would be like, oh. maybe you're in the wrong bathroom. Oh. But like when they were already gone. Um, but I think like um, I don't actually feel. I don't feel like physically threatened. I don't feel like unsafe. It's just more of a thing where I'm like realizing what it's like to be in like a bubble of like Brooklyn and New York versus like what it's like to be in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at the at the wedding, I was the only person there who looked a, like a little bit like the only woman who was like masculine of center, I would say. Like everyone, every woman there was like wearing a dress and was very like normatively like feminine and stuff like that. And it's just like when I'm here and I'm dressed up in what I wear for dress up clothes, which is like a suit, I don't, I'm just like another dyke who's wearing a suit. And like there I was, I felt like it was like, there was some like weird, like people were like incredibly nice. Like no one wasn't nice to me, but it was just like, I I definitely like stuck out and didn't fit in. And I was, you felt it. I felt it. And I was getting like the thrice over kind of a thing a lot. So, um, you know, again, like no hate crimes. Like everyone was like perfectly lovely. Like people in the South are like incredibly friendly, even when they're sort of like <laughs> looking at you a little weird. But I don't know. So that was that was all I wanted to talk about. Yeah, That's I it. saw a picture of you at the wedding, and I was like, oh my god, you looked hot as fuck. If well, thank you. You looked amazing, everyone. That is the title of this episode. <laughs> so I looked hot as fuck. Oh man. Um, no, it, it was a good time, and I liked my my little. My little, um, I call it my wedding funeral bar mitzvah interview suit because <laughs> it's my one suit for every formal occasion. And I, you know, I felt really good and everything. It's just, it's like, I feel better when I'm wearing it to a thing where I'm not the only person who looks like that, you mm-hmm. know? So anyway. Awesome. Enough about my gender presentation. Yes. Let's talk about you. Uh, sure. So I had my first visit with a therapist today who's now going to be my oh, new therapist nice it was one Mazel of those tub. like do we like each other sessions yeah and um my my family member who's in the profession helped me find this person and I just want to say real quick to everyone listening uh I know we talk about like I know it's hard to find someone but there's always a way I will tell you right now I spent a month being on wait lists at clinics and it was really, really hard, but I didn't give up. And I just kept asking friends and family members if they knew of any place. And it did work out. That's so awesome. it and it was a good fit, I think. Like after the session, she said, What do you what do you think? Did you did you like what'd you think of the session? I said, Oh, it was amazing. What'd you think? And she's like, This isn't a job interview. And uh, I was like, Did I book it? Did I get it? And she was like, <laughs> Yes, yes, no. Um so she seemed fantastic and really interesting and was really interested in hearing about Struggle Bus. Really? Because I was talking about this podcast where I like help people, but I'm like freaking out. And she's like, you know, when people are struggling, I was like, how did you know? Yeah. Um, so 
it was really cool. Um, yeah. Had so, you met with other people before and she's the one who like uh, made no, the cut? I was on a wait list that okay. they promised me it would take shorter and, and then they finally called and they said, we right now just don't have oh, anyone. Oh, man. So that was rough because I was looking forward to it. And um, yeah, but uh, it did take a while, but I, I used as many resources. And I know, again, in New York City, there's a lot more. So yeah, trust yeah, me, yeah. I know. If you can't find anyone, I get it. Um, but it is worth it. I felt really relieved That's today, awesome. And I'm really excited to see her. It's kind of like dating or something. I know that's a yeah. weird way of putting Actually, it, but no, no, I understand that. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And yeah. it, it just gave me a really good idea, which I think we can all become incredibly rich off of, which is Next, <laughs> but for therapists. Remember the show Next on MTV where they would like – you, you could, like, next someone and they'd be at the next okay. bus. I have – well, <laughs> the thing is, literally yesterday I was walking down the street and just some strange woman walked by me and yelled, next. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now I that think makes she me not was like my drunk, idea. but <laughs> okay. I was – she was – or just a little out of it or maybe she was just judging me, but – I burst out laughing when I heard that, that but really I, I made me think of the show next, right? For like the first time in ten years. I know yeah. I, that just right now is the first time I've thought of it. Definitely in like yeah. a decade. Yeah, um, it just reminded me of the one of the worst things that happened to me in New York, New York City streets. Is this woman runs up to me and she's clearly she looks normal, and I don't want to say that. But you know, she's like wearing a business suit and just kind of chilling. But she runs up and she goes, "Welcome to the clown show," and spits in my eye. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> laughing and crying. I was like, what just happened? But like when somebody spits in your eye, it's really disgusting. But um yeah. I realized then I was like, okay, I don't know what she's up to, but maybe she thought she knew me. Welcome to the clown show. Welcome, welcome to the clown show. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a title. How did Good she line, right ma'am. Good How did line. She know I don't like clowns. So that was really important, I guess, I wanted to share with you all because I know we share things on this show. And it's not that like we practice what we preach, you know, but we we really do let you know vulnerable things about ourselves and I wanted to share that it was really hard trying to find a new shrink. Um, yeah, and I didn't mean to minimize it by talking about an no, MTV no, 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 show no. that hasn't been on the air in a long time. I think it's awesome. No, really I'm happy glad for that you. Got, no, I think that's a cute idea. I think it's a great <laughs> idea. But yeah, We're all really, going to get rich. It's really cool. America's so. next top therapist. <gasps> okay, now that's... Stop it. Okay, now that's brilliant. <laughs> We're having some moments right now. That would be... Dr. Drew can be a judge. Are you? I love Dr. Drew. Oh. Jesus, I, I, I have a love-hate relationship Fox? with Dr. Yeah. Drew because I listened to Loveline when Me I was too. in high school, which I'm kind of embarrassed about now because there was some weird, weird stuff they said on that show. Uh, I called in. Did, did you? you? In college, yeah. And that was when Ricky Rockman was also on the show. So oh, it was yeah. oh my God. Dr. Drew, Ricky Rockman. Was he like the VJ with like spiky hair? He was terrible. Yeah, he got kicked out. Yeah. There were a lot of, yeah. But yeah. Dr. Drew was really great. He He knew a lot, but he was, yeah. But there was something always kind of weird about him. I, I feel think. like it wouldn't hold up if you listen to like older episodes, just no, like culturally no, and politically. Well, like. yeah. I mean, I mean, even like like yeah, a lot of the other like podcasts out there about sex and relationships don't necessarily hold up. So true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mara, so, yeah. what, what what happened to you this week? How um, how's stuff? Well, this past week hasn't been so bad, but I've mostly been reeling from uh, being out in California. Um, and that's where you're from, right? Yeah, that mm. is originally where I'm from. I'm a veritable valley girl. Um, <laughs> I thought I was going to go out there and, you know, see family and do some things. I spoke at my old school, uh, which was very cool, at Wild Arts Academy. Awesome. Uh, it's a wonderful place. Uh, I, I thought that I was going to that I was going to do that and then I could like talk to people that I want to work with and you know talk about future jobs and make connections and stuff because like I don't know as much as I hated growing up in LA I feel I still feel like drawn there 
Uh, and I, I miss California. I don't mm. necessarily miss LA, but I miss California. And it's closer to where a lot of my family is now anyway. So, um, so I went out there, but, um, my family's been dealing with a lot of like illness lately and that's been very difficult. And also our, uh, beloved, uh, family dog died. Mm. Uh, she was mm. sick and she was, I think at least 13, mm. uh, she was a rescue and she was a cancer survivor <laughs> mm. and she'd been going through a lot and yeah, she, it was, it was very, very hard, especially on, uh, my sister and, on, on my whole family though it was it was really hard on all of us so um so yeah so I but thankfully I had a lot of uh like my sister my sister came down um uh, when she learned the dog was sick and mm. my my brother came to visit too uh, with his wife and my nephew and they were all very kind and accommodating and uh, and and wonderful and I also had a bunch of friends that I I stayed with who are just wonderful people. And I, it was, it was very nice. It was very nice to feel that, that like warmth and connection there, especially when, you know, you feel like you have to be strong. Like mm -hmm. I went out for, for, you know, for tea with like the, for some friends of mine on like one of the last days there after we sent my sister off. And I told them, I said, guys, I might start crying at mm -hmm. any time. <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so but you got to have friends that you can just burst into tears yeah and yeah and and it was it was very it was very rough this has been kind of the best of years and worst of years for me um but uh i and i also learned that uh that some of the mascaras that say they are waterproof uh, that's total bs <laughs> total bs i'm having i'm having like an okay experience with the clinique one i've been using recently but mm. yeah some of these other ones what about I'm, I'm skeptical Maybelline, I don't know. I've I've had I've had mixed results with Maybelline. Okay. Some some are waterproof, and I'm like, wow, they really are. But some really aren't. Mm. And I think like I've been using like the Maybelline one that I used, or, or no, was it CoverGirl? It was a tie-in for Star Wars, and I got it as like a stocking gift <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> That's great. Is waterproof so. mascara specifically about crying? Because no one's like going swimming with mascara on, right? <laughs> no, it, well. it, it totally. If you you know if you go to you go to the beach or the pool or something, oh and right, you just okay. you know sure. you, in in the middle of the day, it's summertime. Time, you know, and you're right. like, you're like, oh crap, I gotta put, yeah, yeah. Okay. actors synchronized swimming. Yeah, and, there's a know. lot of that. I think it probably, well, I know like Makeup Forever and brands like that were started because of synchronized swimmers oh, and okay. uh, and like Olympic swimmers. So yeah, of course, yeah, because they're yeah. like made up for the camera and stuff. Yes. But they yeah, they're in the water, okay. but they're like you yeah. have to look pretty. Oh yeah, which is which is an annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's great. I mean, not great, but no. It's that's... it's nice that I have support. Uh, it's it's nice that I have support, and I have support here in New York too. And I need to remember that. So that's it's those nice. moments yeah. that you sort of realize, right? Like, no matter what, yeah. I've got this support network, and that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know. yeah, that's really so. And that was really good to have. Good. And I mean, I'm still texting like my brother and the sister all the time, saying like, mm. "I love you guys, and I miss you so much." Mm. And Thankfully, they're they're sending me back. You know, when we love you, we miss you too. So well, that's I'm really good. sorry about your dog. Yeah, yeah. that is traumatic. Yeah. It's very sad. It's, it's yeah. She was a family loss. member. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, let's. We talk have about lots of happy memories of her, though. 
and so, we saw some pictures and of you her did. in and shirts. She's so cute. Oh my god, she's so yeah. My stepmother put shirts on her. <laughs> she said she said that it was to help her with her asthma because that would make her shed less. But I don't think that's true. I think she just thought they were cute. I'm sorry, but if you have a really cute dog, it is your responsibility to put a shirt on it because dogs are adorable in shirts. We I, all know that. Yeah. I tried to dress uh, my dog Jesse up like a, a biker, <laughs> and um, ever I don't know, it was just really weird. He looked more like a dominatrix. It was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> like a little hat, like a leather hat and everything. Aww. And it just didn't work out so well. The kids in the neighborhood are like, what is he? Is he in the, uh, the what's that YMCA group? The, uh, <laughs> the, village, the village people? Pe- is he in the village people? I was like, he is now. Okay, so that was fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a thing we did for self-care this week. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? Um, I'll go. Mm-hmm. I have this new thing that I do. I mean, it's new as of like a few years ago where <laughs> I realized that if I – when someone tries to like draw me into something that feels like weird or toxic or just like be in league with a thing that feels like neurotic, mm-hmm. I I just say nothing mm-hmm. and it gets really mm-hmm. awkward. <laughs> and occasionally the person realizes what's happening and they feel that it's like kind of holding a mirror up to them because <gasps> if if someone says something like shady and you don't participate in the shade they feel really fucking shady that works so well also if somebody tells like a joke that's really not funny (gasps) yeah or if or if they're even just like the person who jokes too much you need to take them seriously i remember my my uh my college boyfriend and i discovered this that like if somebody makes a joke and you just kind of like nod and don't laugh you know then then they're like oh maybe these are things I shouldn't be it's saying it's like so <laughs> powerful it really and it's is like the, I, I actually first started doing this with someone with whom I realized I could never get anywhere by saying hey like when you say stuff like that I it makes me uncomfortable yeah so I was like well that's out because that's not gonna work so let's see what happens if I just say nothing strategic silence yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like it, it creates silence. such an yeah, yeah that's a thing okay yeah, write it down little, write down uh, well yeah I did a thing this week where um, I have someone on my podcast tell the bartender coming out next week. So I interviewed her. She's amazing. She's this incredible human rights activist, and she's also a healer. So then after we did that, she said, I, I was like, oh, I really needed that. I had a, I got into a fight with a family member, and it was really upsetting. And she said, would you like for me to align your chakras? And I said, yes, fucking please. And I went to her office, and for five minutes, she just started reading my body language and started telling me some things that were completely true, which, you know, obviously, because yeah. I was like an open book at that point. And then she gave me a rose quartz, oh, this shit. big crystal. And she goes, I want you to take this and take it home and hold it. This will connect you to your heart. I need for you to ask it a certain question. It's personal, so I'm not going to say it here, but it's about the conversation with this family member. And I want you to just really listen to your heart, and this crystal will help you with that. And then I said, do I need to give it back? And she's like, no, this is a gift. And I was like, Aww. can I give you some money for it? And she's like, Catherine, this is how we do it. Like, just share the love. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I did. And I talked to the crystal. And then I started sobbing. And it was amazing. And I think it's just nice feeling the energy and knowing that you have the power within you yeah. once you address it. Yeah. What? So, yeah, yeah. got my chakras aligned, you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw that in the Google Doc. And it said, like, I got my chakras aligned. I was like, well, well, well. We're going to have to hear about that. I mean, I now it, in, it sounds amazing. I did put it in all caps and then said, and also got a rose quartz to talk to my heart. No, you shut up. So, <laughs> so Mara, what did you do this uh, week for I, self-care? 
Well, I feel like I, uh, I, I sometimes, and this is probably going to be funny because a lot of people who know me know that I'm a bit prickly online. Um, <laughs> but I, I have trouble. I have had trouble in the past, at least saying no to things. I overcommit myself to things. So uh, I said no to things <laughs> this nice. week. I said no. I don't have the time for that. No, I really can't do this. Uh, you know, no, I don't have the time to do that interview, to do the show, you know, things like that. And I had two people send me scripts and ask if I was interested in it or ask it asked to like be in their film or their web series or their show. People I've never met. Hmm. And uh, I turned a weird. I, yeah. And I turned both of them down. And um, one of them, the part was a deaf woman. And I was like, well, then get a deaf actress <laughs> they're 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 out there you know i would feel really weird playing that i don't feel and and the the, the deaf community like that's that's something that's out there and yeah and there are so many you know great actors and actresses in it uh and another one just felt really misogynistic like it really uh. to me it was just kind of like it was a little bit like uh, Unreal, the reality show, mm. the show about reality shows. Yes, I yeah. saw one episode of that. It's a little bit like Unreal, but it was, uh, but it was supposed to be, I guess, funnier. And basically, what it was supposed to be was like people on reality TV are, are horrible. And I was like, <laughs> hilarious premise. I was like, uh, okay, so <laughs> yeah. so dispatches from 2004. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be talking badly about this person's <laughs> work, you know. And I wasn't going to be one of the at reality show ones. I was going to be like the like what's her name on Unreal, who's you know a little more grounded but working in this world, mm-hmm. I think. But but I was just kind of like, really, guys. And so I I very much it felt good to be like, no. No, I'm I'm not going to do this. I don't act much anymore. And when I do, it's very much something that it's with people that I know and trust mm-hmm. or it's a passion project or mm-hmm. or it's voiceover. Voiceover I'm I'm yeah, I'm less picky about. I love voiceover. Oh yeah. Um but uh but I'm proud of the stuff I've done voiceover wise too. You're fantastic in Night Vale. Thank you. Holy Night Vale is so much fun to do. It's so much fun to do. It's so um, good. Mm. And uh, yeah, I actually have another voiceover gig uh, coming up Yay. soon, which is, uh, or or I just recorded a few lines for something when I was in LA. Nice. Uh, uh, I'm trying to keep it a secret, but it'll be out in the next few months. Yay. That's exciting. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, and I you totally were just will. in Broad City too. I no was. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. That was the first time it acted on screen in a long time. And I was oh. so worried, but people were so happy. Oh, that's so well, It was cool. an homage to a movie I was in. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, of course. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Three hours later, let's get to <laughs> uh, this. Is so great, it's so good talking to you. And let's get to your guys' emails. Mm-hmm. What's up? Let's do we it. We got some feedback, first of all. I love this. Sally, did you want to read this or do you want me to read this? Sure, I'll read this. So, this is from Carol, who whose email That's we a addressed. Fake name, Carol. Yeah, yeah, fake name, Carol, um, whose email we addressed in episode 26. Uh, thank you guys for addressing the email you got. I didn't want to post in the Facebook group, so I didn't accidentally hurt someone's feelings. I think you guys did a great job speaking to the bigger issue of policing women's voices and the way they speak. My dad used to say something every time I said, I feel like. Also, I loved that NPR story in Vocal Fry. Thanks for everything you do, XOXO. You are welcome. You're welcome. And like a lot of people tweeted and were psyched that we talked about that. Um, so I'm glad we talked about it. it me too. Good. It was a good conversation and it sort of affirmed the things in me because I do doubt myself and worry about my voice. But the more we spoke about it, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. what do you want me to fucking do? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I can't say this. I can't say that. That. I can't say that. 
then I just can't speak. Am I right? The podcast can be like one hour of silence. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, write that down. One hour of silence. All right. So, um, yeah, so that was really cool. And thanks for your feedback. We hope the person who wrote in understood and still, you know, if they want to listen, they can. If they don't want to listen, that's fine. But thank you for bringing it up, I guess. Yes. Actually, it was a really good topic. Um, First email, who would like to read it? Um, Would you like me to read it? Before we, sure, but let's pick a, we need a pseudonym. Right. Oh. Oh, So is there a theme this week of characters? Because I was thinking Kentucky Derby horses, but that's over. Oh, yeah. I'm, let's see, what's going on this, like, Um, it's, it's May. I, uh, I, I, I mean, honestly, if it were up to me, we'd choose characters from Broadway musicals, but that's, um, yeah, no. let's do, uh, that hello. is perfectly acceptable. But, oh, but, no, yes. Can we? Yeah. Can we yeah. We yeah. Well, I, I mean, I also said, I also said it's May, you know, the lusty month of May. So, uh, let's do it. So, what yeah. What musical are we but talking I, about? I, any? <laughs> I mean, I mean, do, do either of you like musicals? Yes. yes. Okay. What are, what are some? Well, my favorite. Of all time is Pippin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good one. All right. What about you guys? Um, Wicked. I like. <laughs> I love Wicked. I like. I like Cabaret and <gasps> Company. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sally Bowles. Sally Bowles. <gasps> yeah. She's so do we? Na- I mean, Bowles? but but I yeah. But we want to say that these people have no you know character. You know. Oh right now. Yeah. We've given to, to yeah. yeah totally. Okay. All right. But someone can be Sally. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm into it. Somebody gets to be Sally. Yeah. This is very exciting. Yeah. Okay. Is this the person? Yeah. Is it Bowles? B O W L E S, I think. Oh, yes. All right. Sally Bowles. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'll read this one then. Okay, cool. All okay. right. Because <clears throat> I like the opening. Uh, hello. Y'all are tight, like mad tight. So, like, I'm reaching my mid-20s and have been alone my whole life. And I mean, people can say, that's so young, but I probably won't live to be old. And there are so many people who have, at the very least, puppy-loved or been through entire relationships in their young years. So something is wrong with me. And I don't mean that never getting a date makes me a bad person, but rather maybe because I'm a bad person, I never get a date, or a fling, or a crush, or what have you, some kind of partner of some sort. Whenever I kind of frump about this, I get advice that seems right, but at this point starts to feel a little dismissive. Love yourself. Be good alone. Cultivate your hobbies and passions. It'll all work out in the end. But there are people who are heavily codependent. There are people with very low self-esteem. There are people who live what people would probably call boring lives. People who just do their nine to five and call it a day who pull this off. I do have hobbies and passions. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I've done absurd things to better myself at the expense of haters and so on and so forth. Hell, something for which I've been told I'll die alone for and I decided I'd do it because I'd rather be alone having that than together while I'm not. I'm transitioning. I'm a trans woman and a lesbian and I'm black. And well, 4% of the population is gay. Half of that is lesbians. Maybe 20% of that would date a trans woman. Maybe 50% of that would date a black girl. And other people find partners over time. And people eventually get older and die. The pool is slim and slimming. So what is there, like five people in the country who would even include me as an option before I realize I suck? Loneliness is not obvious and overt. There's a saying, when life gets tough, the first thing they drop is the trans girlfriend. Trans women have too much baggage. There just aren't that many lesbians in the world. Black women just aren't beautiful. And you know, it doesn't look like people seeing a dick and going, ew, never mind, we have to break up. It looks more like nobody ever talking to you. It looks like you being the last option in a long line of better people 
with less baggage. It looks like it's slowly disappearing from communities and no one asking where you went. It looks like people rather being alone than being with you because maybe someone better will come along. And then it looks like everyone around you finding the cute girlfriend of their dreams and you sitting in the corner sipping your fifth Diet Coke in the hopes that getting skinnier will make you pass better, plastering on a good for you, just you smile. And I mean, yeah, I guess I do suck for being such an envious bee and feeling like shit at other people's happiness. But I think I'm going to give up on the idea that I should sit in the background being happy for everyone else while nothing is going right for me. Fuck it. But still, I don't want to conflate society being discriminatory with me being an awful person. So I don't know. Maybe it's just that I suck. Should I just get used to the fact that I'll die alone? Sorry this is so long. I just kind of wanted to be thorough about things. I just don't know what to do anymore. Sally Bowles. So that was very – there's a lot happening. Yeah. Um, who – anyone have any ideas off the bat of what they think? Do you want to jump in? Or I can. You can. You can. Okay. Yeah. Well, so um, so Sally Bowles, there's a lot of stuff going on here. But, like, I think the main thing I'm getting is that you're dealing with, like, an incredible amount of self-loathing that yeah. is really – sounds like it's really getting in the way of you strategizing about – even like first steps you could be taking for things like just self-care. I don't even mean like, you know, first steps in terms of like practical plans for your life. But I mean, this like what I'm getting from this is like so like such a low opinion of yourself that I I kind of it it seems sort of paralyzing. And I want to say that um, you your low opinion of yourself, you said that you don't want to like conflate society being discriminatory with you being an awful person. And I want to say that I think that that is what's happening. I don't think you're an awful person. I think that um, it is really tough. Like when you are someone from a marginalized community um, to not in some ways, like internalize the way you think society thinks of you, but that those things are not real. Those are values and norms of society. And a lot of our values and norms are really fucked up and really bad and they are not about you. Um, And so, but like, I, you can't believe, like, I can't make you believe that by like saying it to you um, because I think you already know because you kind of go back and forth in your email um, about whether or not this is about society or about you. And so I think, I mean, the first thing I would say is I feel like you really need to be seeing a therapist who is affirming of your identity, like every part of your identity, all of your identities, um, and like sort through some of this stuff because the self-loathing just sounds like super deep. And so, I mean, I'll stop there so I don't go on, but do you guys want to jump in? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I'm an awful person jumped out at me over and over again. It definitely did. And, and the thing is like, there isn't, you never say, you know, I'm an awful person. I do mean things. There's there's nothing. I think there are very few things that make somebody like an awful person. It's it's their actions. You know, that's what it is. And I think it's very likely that the things that you have done or the things that you consider, you know, make that make you an awful person are things that a lot of other people have done, especially since you have been put into such position just by society and life over and over again. You know, you've had to struggle. You've had to deal with these things. Um, you are not an awful person. And and calling yourself one, you know, it it it's not going to help. But I know that right now that might be how you feel. And mm-hmm, I would second mm-hmm. um I would second uh advice to go see a therapist. Yeah. Sally Bowles, listen, I know awful people. Yeah. <laughs> I've, met, I've met awful people. They never say to me, I'm an awful person. Mm-hmm. Um 
you're feeling that about yourself. And I, I also agree with everything Sally and Mara said, um, especially when you start to see yourself the way that society has been treating you on so many levels. You know, it's hard to see the news and see people who look like you or people who are having your experience getting killed and yeah. just mm-hmm. shit on, you know, the whole trans bathroom building is fucking bullshit. How can you not internalize that and feel bad about yourself? And I think you need to understand that it's okay to feel angry and not think that you're a bad person, you know, yeah. or frustrated and you're not a bad person. I think as far as relationships go, that's a whole other <laughs> bag right there because that's, that is one thing. And I, I totally know what you're saying when you're like people who are, look boring and literally are complaining to you about their lives are like, why don't you just settle down and just yeah. like do that? Yeah. And of course you're doing interesting, cool things. And I don't want to be like, you'll meet someone, but for right now, uh, getting some help and being able to talk through your problems is the first step to figuring out how you want to go about finding a partner Mm -hmm. because that's that takes time as well but if you don't love I don't want to say if you don't love yourself but I think that just the stuff you're going through right now is very heavy and I I would focus on that first before relationships and I think once you do it will help Mm -hmm. well the thing is you you mentioned there are people who are you know very codependent who are who are you know people who who aren't who, who maybe people who are awful people who are in relationships, but a lot of them, that is all that they have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is that relationship. And that is something that can come and that can go. You sure. know, that is something that, you know, it's, you don't have those things you have, you have a core of who you are. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with your numbers too. I think there are also a lot of, uh, identified, uh, you know, bisexual, pansexual, queer people out there, uh, who, who would be interested, uh, I think that there are, you know, there are a lot, there are a lot more than that. But I know it is hard when, um, when, when people are pairing off. I think you also need to tell yourself that you're not a bad person for feeling sad mm-hmm. or feeling upset when mm-hmm. other people are pairing off and doing their thing. <laughs> you are allowed to feel what you feel. It's just what you do about it that matters. Yeah. So if you feel jealous, let yourself feel jealous. Mm-hmm. You know, don't hate yourself for feeling jealous. That's yeah. great. Just advice. let yourself feel jealous and it sucks. Jealousy sucks, but it will pass. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree with Mara. Like I I think that the numbers that the numbers that you're running don't totally I think reflect maybe reality and also I just I just think that we can all sit down and like like figure out percentages of like how (laughs) messed up our lives are going to be because of how few opportunities we're going to have or because of our identity or and I think that like I don't want to um you know downplay that like you you are you, you have a lot of things going on that make it that can make life difficult because of the way our society deals with people of color, people who are trans identified, people who are queer. And so I don't want to downplay that at all. Um, but I think that like that truth and that reality is different from then like c- can be different from how you feel about yourself. And um, I think, you know, one thing that like someone said to me once, which I think is really powerful and I don't know why no one told me this when I was like much younger when I really need to hear it which is that um you don't have to believe everything that you think like you can Mm -hmm. have thoughts about yourself you know but you don't have to believe them so like you can think like oh I'm like I'm a terrible person or like uh I'm so jealous or I'm a monster or I'm unlovable I'm worthless like just because you think those things it doesn't mean that they're true it doesn't mean you have to believe them so again like I I think you know we've all like we have 
we've given you some strategies and ideas or whatever. But I, I do think that like you sound like you're in a place where you need to be like working through a lot of the stuff like with a professional person who can really help you. Sally, why have you never told me that thing about feeling? Like <laughs> I know. My mind is I, fucking I should get right it now. like tattooed it's... on myself. I need it all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and it does seem like you are, you know, Sally Bowles, it does seem like you are perceptive enough to, mm. to understand these things and to make these, you know, these changes and to want to make these changes, which yeah. is very, very important. Yes. Yeah. I Can I why. say one last thing? Yes. My last thing is that, like, I, you sound, Sally Bowles, very, um, like, like, defended in the sense that, like, you've, it sounds like you've got it all figured out. Like, you, you made, like, an argument and then you had, like, the counter to that argument. Like, you know, you know, we're going to say, like, well, have you tried, like, getting new hobbies and you've, like, already gotten hobbies? And, you know, have you tried, like, doing X, Y, and Z and you've already done all that? And I think that's, that's awesome that you've done all that and you know all that. But I think, like, um, it's not so important to like have all the answers and be able to rebut every argument. I think the important thing is to figure out like how you can become vulnerable in a way that feels safe so mm, that you can actually, yeah. um, you know, just like get some relief from the feelings that you're feeling right now. That's yeah. Right. Vulnerability yeah. is a lot of what relationships are. True. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, again, real quick, uh, finding a psychologist that understands trans people, people yeah. of color is hard. So it's one of those things where it might take a while, but definitely it's okay to feel like, I don't know if this drink gets me. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. okay to fire them. <laughs> yeah. That actually might be a great thing for the the Facebook group if you're not in it um, because people have been like uh, – have asked for like recommendations. So um, I mean there are – I know that there are like – websites where you can look up trans affirming healthcare providers um so that's a place to start but join the facebook group and maybe people can recommend some stuff yeah if you want to yeah um so i hope that helps and definitely keep us posted because that was yeah uh second email wants wants the name margo after margo tenenbaum uh who wants to read this one you can, yeah, I'll do you this can one. Do okay, this one. Yeah. cool. Okay, so this is from Margo. Hi, Kate and Sally. Since I've already written in a couple times, I think you know that I really love your show, so I'll just get into it. Trigger warning, eating disorders. I've had some form of an eating disorder since high school with a few periods of management, and I'm 27 now. It started with purging, then binging, then purging and binging, then restricting. Now it's mostly pretty classic anorexia. I've read that anorexia can be a person's response to feeling like they have a lack of control in their lives. I don't feel like this is true for me, and I think I'm physically attractive, so I can't figure out where this comes from. I know this is something I should be talking about with my therapist, but I just can't. The thing is, I do have self-hatred that I've been working on that stems from being emotionally abused and neglected as a kid, but I just don't feel hungry most of the day. I eat when I feel like I probably should or when I get tired. There's no emotional trigger or association with food at all. Before, when I was restricting in college, it was definitely more emotional and I was tracking everything and working out obsessively. That period is why I know how many calories most things have and how many calories most kinds of exercise expends. Now it's just nothing. I don't track. I eat whatever I want, but I just don't eat. I've already tried smoking pot, but it just makes me sleepy. Sometimes I'll eat one high, but mostly I just go to bed. So my questions have two themes. Eating disorder. Do you know anything about the reasons for developing anorexia that don't have to do with control? Does this even sound like anorexia? Do you have any tips for management in this kind of situation? Therapy. How do you talk about something with your therapist that you can hardly even admit to yourself and have never said out loud? Thanks again for the show. You two are bosses. Margot. So uh, eating disorders, I, I believe, can be associated with other things. Uh, 
impulse control disorders, uh, as well as addictive disorders. Um, I've, I've known several people who've, uh, dealt with, uh, you know, substance abuse issues and things like that, who also have had eating disorders. Um, but that's not the only thing. There's also sometimes, uh, like physical health problems can cause eating disorders as well. Uh, I had a friend who had a heart condition, then that affected her. And then the medication that she was on for that heart condition affected even more. And uh, so I would I would actually consider uh, talking to a general practitioner about this as well. Although, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get to talking to a therapist in a while. There are physical reasons. But yeah, eating disorders can be a symptom of a lot of different things. They, they really can be. Um, the thing about talking to your therapist is... Uh, like a few months ago, my therapist got something out of me that I didn't, I I wasn't sure I was ready to admit that I had sort of hinted to hinted at and talked about a little bit, but I I didn't really feel ready to to do it until recently to talk about it, and I cried. And the reason, though, I I thought about it afterwards, like. I didn't understand why this was something that I was embarrassed to admit to, you know? And the thing is, therapists have heard it all. They really have. And even if they haven't heard it before, they it is their job to be objective and to, to you know, to just sit there and to listen and to give feedback. Like, don't ever worry. I mean, this is, this is easier said than done, I know, but you don't need to worry about weirding out your therapist. I, I've had people tell me lately, like, I've had people tell me, like, oh, but what if my therapist thinks I'm really weird? And I'm like, honestly, you're not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you were your that problems, weird. <laughs> yeah, your problems are pretty boring probably to them because they deal with these things so many times, you know? But uh, but I think the thing that's important is why do you not want to tell your therapist? What What are you afraid of that will happen if you tell your therapist? And I know that like with my, you know, particular thing, I had told myself a long time ago, well, I have too much other stuff going on. I have too much other stuff going on and I can't have this too because this is a whole new thing in my life and it would be a whole other thing that I would need to consider and and so I just can't I can't have that too. I can't have that also. Uh and I actually said that out loud to a friend of mine at lunch. Um, after I like cried it out with my therapist and he goes, well, that's not very logical. <laughs> and he was right. You know, it's not, that's not the way that it works. Um, so I think that I would, I would definitely suggest thinking to yourself, why is it that I don't want to tell my therapist? What is it that's keeping me? Because I do think that that is something, and it does seem like, uh, you do want to talk to somebody about this. You do want to reach out and you do want help with it. Uh, and there are a lot of different ways that you can get help with it. So I would ask yourself, why am I afraid? Yeah, mm. I, I uh, when I told my therapist about my OCD, it took me eight years of therapy with her. Yeah. And 30 some odd years of life with me. Yeah. And I was terrified, but I was like, I have this secret. She'll think I'm weird. We have a great relationship. I've got so much going on. And when I finally told her, her head didn't explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just sat there and like, uh-huh, end. And I was like, but I just told this really <laughs> serious thing and I'm really scared. Yeah. She's like. Okay, well, let's discuss it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. your job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's more like when you're ready to start talking about it. But I, I did want to touch on this because I'm yeah. not a doctor. None of us are doctors. Uh, I do have a lot of experience with a close person in my life who has an eating disorder. So I cannot answer the question, 
do I have an eating disorder? Does this sound like anorexia? Only a doctor can say that. Um, But from my experience, people who have eating disorders, um, first of all, you did say you were emotionally abused and neglected. And then you said you didn't know where this comes from. Um, They come from a lot of things. Mara is very correct about that. And uh, in general, it has been known to be a control thing and, and whatnot. Eating disorders are a lot like, uh, and uh, being an alcoholic or being a diabetic, you can have it your whole life and still function very well, but it doesn't mean you don't have to work on it. So just because you're not showing symptoms right now doesn't mean you don't have it. Just because you have it a little bit more under control doesn't mean you don't have it if Mm -hmm. you do. And it it sounds to me like you have an eating disorder, but I would very much, if you can, talk to your therapist because you might want to talk to a nutritionist. It's there's a way you can manage it. You know, going back to your questions about, uh, do you know anything about the reasons? There's, there's many. (laughs) And, um, you know, you need to probably talk to a doctor to talk about management and your therapist is the first person to talk to if you're ready. They, They can handle it. Um, this is, you know, this is their job. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, you opened your email by saying now it's mostly pretty classic anorexia. So I think that, you know, that, there's something there. Um, and, you know, as Catherine said, we're not doctors, so we can't offer you like a clinical diagnosis. But it, it sounds like you know that something is a myth with a miss with respect to your relationship to food. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, like maybe it has something to do with control, maybe it doesn't. But kind of the whole point of being in therapy and talking about this with a therapist is that they can get to the bottom, help you get to the bottom and understand like what it means for you to have this relationship with, I don't know, maybe it's with food and eating or your body. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like with something else and like it's getting played out through eating and stuff like that. But like it's it's not like it's not one of the it's not like a math equation where like A plus B equals C. Like it's not always about control. It's not always not about control. It, it's really different for everyone. But the only way to sort of figure out what it's about for you and then figure out what what to do from there is really to like talk about it and explore it with your therapist. And um, I think it is really hard to like, there are certain things that I think we all, um, like when you're in therapy, like we all have like a thing that we're like afraid to talk about, maybe like more than one thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like s- some someone else's thing that they're completely terrified of bringing up might not be the thing that I'm terrified of and vice versa. Um, and so, but it might like, not even be a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and often it's like, I mean, things that I might be scared of bringing up, it's like no big deal for someone else to talk about. Yeah, totally. Um, but I think like, it's fine to be like, listen, like I, I want to talk, I, I need to tell you something and I want to work up to it. And that's where I'm at. And then they can mm. help you figure out how to tell them. Like you don't have to, Go in there with a game plan of like how to say it. You can say like I really think I need to tell you something and then they'll help you. Um, You can also like practice saying it. You can kind of do some role plays like pretend to be yourself and then pretend to be your therapist and like try to imagine how it would go. But I I really do think that um, um, you need to like take some steps to like discuss this with your therapist because it sounds – it's a serious thing. I mean – Eating disorders are serious, serious things um, emotionally and also like physically for your health. So mm-hmm. I would I would like make that a priority. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean to sound negative, like comparing it because there's nothing wrong with being alcoholic or, you know, having diabetes. Yeah. It's just that you have to understand that it's OK to live with something because I can live with my OCD and my other things. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of managing it. And it's completely possible. It's hard. It's hard. But you're not going to start doing it unless you really get to the the deep of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's maybe the first thing. And um yeah. Is that 
Yeah. Gosh, everyone's so wise. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> they're so smart. How is this happening? Um, Margo, good luck and um, keep us posted. Yeah. And again, like I now I just keep saying this to everyone, but if you want support, definitely join the, the Facebook group and post if you want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, All right. Mar, do you want to read the last one? Yeah. So this so, person already chose an amazing name. Yeah. Wants to go by Jenny Calendar. I'm very excited about the Buffy <laughs> pseudonym. Thank you for writing All in right. Jenny Calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, ladies. Heads up, this may be hella rambling. I'm currently in a job that I desperately want out of. A little backstory. I planned to become a teacher and I was going to school for that, but then life happened and I decided to go into nonprofit work. My education, I have two BAs, one in history and one in English, and I have an MA in a similar field, is not directly applicable to my job. I work at a well-known organization in fundraising. I've been doing this for nearly three years. It's incredibly stressful. It's triggered many panic attacks. I often feel a constant pressure in my chest like I can't breathe. For a while, I was so depressed that I nearly developed a drinking problem. I don't really feel supported from my boss, and everyone I work with is in pretty much a similar situation as me. I've been looking for a new job since last May. I've been applying to organizations that I feel would be better suited to my passions and skills. I've had no luck. I'm worried that my current salary may be too high for smaller organizations that can't offer anything close. Heads up, I don't make a lot of money, but my organization does pay better than others. I'm also concerned that my educational background may be pretty much useless or I'm overly qualified or something else. Also, I do see a counselor and a psychiatrist. I started going last summer when my anxiety began to get very bad and impact my relationship with my partner. I now know that I have ADHD, generalized depression, and generalized anxiety disorder. I take meds for the depression and anxiety. I also try to see my counselor regularly, but her schedule is so busy that I often have to wait two plus months between visits, so I don't really feel like it's effective. Though when I do get to see her, it's awesome. I've also started to volunteer more for other organizations so that at least I can get experience and positive vibes from stuff like that. And I started writing more so that I can get my feelings and emotions out. My question is, I guess, how do I navigate this? I want to transition to a different job, but I also know that a new job won't necessarily be any better. I feel so bad that I've been putting myself out there and no other organization has ever has even wanted a phone interview. It's a vulnerable position and I hate it. I'm trying to do my current job well, but the constant stress is making my anxiety worse, and I know that the environment is not healthy. Any suggestions? Thanks so much, Jenny Calendar. That was beautiful. Yeah, that, can we hire Laura. you to just read emails? That was <laughs> yeah, emails. yeah. That's that's my it's my like voiceover training right there. Captivating. Love that. I love that. Although I love how uh, you won't hear this because I'll be editing it, but. Mar and I both do voiceover work. Yeah. We were reading the letters and would stop at some point and have to start again. And restart from the same place. Sally, not a single mistake. (laughs) Not a single mistake. Um, You know, I... I have to say, when I worked at a certain place, I was depressed. And it wasn't until I got out of it that I realized how much the Mm. environment was affecting my mental health. And I did a a podcasting for a client recently, so I get to listen into these amazing people tell stories. And this woman who is in the business world said, if you're in a toxic environment in an office, get out as soon as you can, because you are never going to flourish. You're never going to thrive. You're going to get worse. You have to get out. So if you can. Second thing. Nonprofits are well known to be very difficult places to work. Yes. And my friend, uh, oh, I don't want to say her name, but she works for a nonprofit and then it it didn't go so well. And I, and she said, you know, it's because there's so many, I think I said one thing and she said the other, but so many personalities of people who want to work in nonprofit, 
but then there's so much passion behind the causes, you're going to get a lot of clashing of personalities and it's rough. Yeah. I mean, I've worked for many nonprofits and and I've had very good experiences and very bad experiences. Some are better organized than others. Uh, but but it is definitely one of the most challenging things. And it's it's very challenging, but it's it's kind of the mission and the passion that keeps you going. And yeah, I've also had experiences where even at the good ones, I, I butted heads with some people because of a lot of strong personalities in the yeah. same place at once. And sometimes if it's a nonprofit that's trying, I mean, most nonprofits are trying to do something to make the world a better place. And I think that people who want to do that for their careers prioritize like the mission over their self-care. Yeah, and definitely. as the years go on, they mm-hmm. become like more broken and burned out yes, and like totally. less able to like totally. function well. I wonder like, can you, Jenny Calendar, um, see your counselor more than every two months? Because that sounds like a long time to wait yeah. to or talk to someone. Or consider seeing another counselor. Or, yeah, or get a different one who yeah. can see you more frequently. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is just like on the really like practical front, like you said you're applying for a lot of stuff and you're not really getting anything back. I mean, I wonder if it's worth like asking friends or yeah, whoever to like look at your resume and like – um, maybe go over like interview skills or something. I mean, sometimes there is a thing that like we don't see about the way we're presenting ourselves pre- presenting ourselves professionally that we can improve on. Maybe it's just like some a simple practical thing like that. Or even ask if some people have jobs. Like I have a or, lot of yeah. friends who who you know who introduced you know brought their friends into a new company, things like that. You know, knowing people is is very important. Mm-hmm. I think, and definitely. that's definitely something that you should do. I think also. Um, there's uh, there's something to be said for sort of seeing where there is a gap, seeing where there's a lack of of you know of resources, seeing mm. where people are needed, and then going and filling in that gap. You know, it's it's not always like well, what fits the best thing for me, and what what you know jobs out there. It sometimes it's just sort of like. Okay, well, what isn't there right now? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what, 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 you know, what are there? Is there a shortage of this or of that? You know, let me, let me see what is really needed right now. Mm-hmm. And, and also, kind of fill in the gap, especially in the nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, would you consider not working at a nonprofit? for a short period of time just yeah. to get out of it and get your stuff ready while you're applying to other jobs. Because in this day yeah. and age, it's okay to have a new job every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back like 20 years ago, they're like, you can't have a gap in your resume. Now no. it doesn't matter. No, right? everybody knows. Yeah, everybody. There's And there's no such thing really as like just having one nine to five. Well, there is for some people one, having mm-hmm. one nine to five job your entire life. Mm-hmm. But like, I think, like I was actually thinking about this the other day because I was I was playing with my little nephew mm. and I went to ask him what he wants to be when he grows up and then I realized he might not be just one thing. <laughs> you know, which is also great because he's a little kid so he's like, I want to be a pilot and I want to be a vet mm. and I want to be this and I want to be a teacher and I want, well, I don't know if he wants to be a teacher but I know he wants to be a pilot and a vet. That's adorable. Um, yeah, and, and you know, so they have... And and that's the thing, you, you know, that's the thing these these days. I think it's a very just being one thing and considering that your whole life, you know, that's that's a way that we were raised, you know. I you know, people say, What do you do? And they, you know, you you tell them your job. I'm guilty of this as well. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, that's not the way that it is anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not the way that it is. We really and I think that 
like we and also the people hiring us really need to start thinking differently. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. you say you have two BAs and one MA and it's not applicable to your job. Well, guess what? So is everything everyone's ever done. Yeah, It's not unheard of to get a job somewhere that has nothing to do with what you majored in. Well, Um, yeah. I mean, the the like like the one one of the organizations that I worked for, the one that was actually well run, um, uh, what we painted schools is called Public Color and we would paint schools. And I, I mean, that had nothing to do with my BA in drama and writing mm-hmm. and my, you know, I guess it may have had a little to do with my, you know, minor in sociology, but I, I did, uh, the thing that helped was that in high school and in college I'd painted sets. Hmm. And because of that, I knew the basics of painting. And because of that, I knew how to work on a team. And so I'd also worked a little bit with children, you know, I'd been a tutor and things like that. And because of that, I got that job there and I worked there for four years. Right, right. <laughs> cool. So it's that one practical skill you have, you know, and and that's the thing, too. Like, I think that everybody should like if I ever have kids, God help me, I'm going to say you need to learn one practical skill. Mm-hmm. If it's sewing, if it's cooking, if it's painting, if it's building things, carpentry, something like that, you know, those little things that you know how to do can take you far. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think also um, it's it's really interesting, Mara, that you were just saying that like you know, from painting sets, you learned how to work on a team and that helped mm, you at that job. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, we tend to think of our, like our jobs and our fields as our identities, but there are so many things that you can like transfer to a whole other career. And you said, Jenny Callender, that um, you you want a new job, but you don't think the next job would be any better. And I'm sort of wondering, like, can you just like completely go off script and like try to find a job that's like maybe in a different field and yeah. think about like the skills that you've accrued and in, um, in like nonprofit, I guess, fundraising and see if any of those are transferable to which I feel like if you have like office skills, you can kind of do that stuff in different places. Yeah. But maybe see if you can like switch fields entirely um, if, if you're feeling kind of hopeless about your field. Yeah, it's definitely it, – uh, yeah, also I feel like – and I also feel like these days people are not really looking at what you got a degree in. They're looking so at yeah. – Yeah, they're looking at these, you know, demonstrable skills. That yeah. are letter and skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. And also just the in-person thing, if you can get in the room, you know. Yeah, that's, But that's I will important. say um, I always am into the power of asking. I know you don't want the job to know you're looking for work, so don't post it on Facebook. But if you want to send an email or talk to some close people and say – can you help me if you hear of anything? Like the words are very powerful when yeah. a friend says, you know what, I need help. Yeah. Then it's in the back of my head. That's how I got all my podcast clients because people talked to other people and sent them my way because I said – I sent out an email and I said, hey, do you know anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the power of just asking is also very empowering because it makes you know that you're on the next – step you're taking the next steps Mm -hmm. to change yeah I got the job I have now well I didn't get it because of this I heard about it because I was talking to a friend in my field about not being happy at my current job and so something came up and she was reminded of our conversation and she emailed the job to me and I I think like that whole thing of like asking people or just like networking and like making sure you're like talking to people and making your intentions clear like really help yeah. Yeah. That's something that we in the storytelling and comedy world definitely benefit from because it's always about I mean, that's the thing. We're always on. Always networking. <laughs> and yeah. we yeah, and we kinda have to be. Mm-hmm. And so so yeah. It's um But it's powerful to make that connection because yeah, now totally. I know who I love working with. Now yeah. I know who I want to have on the show. It now, really you know. is. It really is. Yeah. Social ties are everything. And by <laughs> the way, my nephew uh on Mother's Day said 
I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because that's just a fun question to ask it a four is, and a yeah. half year old. It just is. And he goes, I want to open a shoe store that only sells light up shoes for <gasps> babies and adults and kids. Oh, That's, my God. And then I showed him the video from uh, Molly Neffel's wedding where they both wore light-up sneakers. Uh, and he was like, that's amazing. So he made them a video saying how much he liked their sneakers. That's, that's so cute. And I have video of it. And then he asked yeah. if Star Wars was, quote, age-appropriate. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, that is the eternal question. Um, so, yeah. I think yeah. that's good advice. Yeah. You, you can yeah. make a change just so you know you know, the place you're in now is making it worse and get yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. I would I definitely – I think we're unanimous. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Agreed. Yeah. Boom. Get out. <laughs> All right. So I think we're okay. Well, this is this is great. We are done. That was a show. Oh my that goodness. That was a show. Holy it was yeah. a long episode. So you can tweet at us at strugglebuspod. Email us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find a struggle buddy. Instagram.com slash strugglebuspod. The strugglebuspod. Sorry. Or you can tweet <laughs> at Sally T or me at SBK Heller or... At Mara Writes Stuff. Mara Writes Stuff. Follow her immediately. Immediately. <laughs> she is, we've been talking about what a great Twitter you Great, are. great yeah. tweeter, great retweeter. I'm, I'm very, see, I very much feel like sharing the wealth because I, I, you know, I have this platform now and I'm like, oh, I need to use this for good. And yes. you, you, you're a good, like, curator because I, I yeah. did say this on last week's episode, but some people just retweet whatever. Yeah. And I feel like you retweet, like, the best of Twitter. Yeah. It has to actually make me smile or make me laugh or make me think. It, <gasps> That's you how know? we met. You retweeted me once. Yeah. We didn't know yeah. each other. It Turns was, out. yeah, and then it happened. And then it happened. <laughs> it's an art, the art of and the And then retweet. I introduced you to your boyfriend. And I'm telling you, networking. <laughs> oh my God. Networking people. Networking. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. all connections. That's incredible. Totally. I didn't even want to go to your birthday thing that night because I was depressed. <laughs> I was depressed. I was yeah. super depressed. I was like, I don't want to go out, but I want to, you know, support Mara and my cousin was in town, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I, eh. It is what your, it is. your cousin who spoke no English. I know. Oh, I love her so much. Yeah. What are we going to do for a song? Well, Mara, do you have, do you have a song? Because oh, I do, just in case. I So what have I been listening to a lot lately? Um, I've been listening to... <laughs> this is really embarrassing. Hamilton? I've been listening, well, no. Hamilton I'm not embarrassed about. I love Hamilton. Uh, I listen to Hamilton all the time. I've been listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac. All right. <laughs> love wow. it. Uh, one of my friends was playing it in the car when I was, when I was out in L.A., and I was like, why don't I have rumors? I don't. And and like, yeah, so so a lot of a lot of Leewood Max rumors right now. Okay. That, and, so and is Prince, there a song specifically that What you're... is there that I've been listening to? Uh I uh, <laughs> I'm trying see. to post for the what, what's on there. Don't stop is good. Uh, Songbird is good. Songbird is like is a good one to cry to. Ooh, uh, we love a good cry. Yeah, on the struggle bus. yeah. Songbird, Songbird is is yeah. is a is a very sweet one. Um, but yeah, I like uh, Songbird. Yeah, done. Yeah. Is that okay? Can I put that in? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yay. Awesome. Well, Mara, thank you so much for joining us. You're such an amazing advice giver. Thank yeah, you. that was awesome. Thank you. This is I'm I'm really bossy. So so like No, that's like the whole thing. Yeah. That's so, like the, our, our whole vibe. Oh, my yeah. my my friends and family are gonna be like, oh good, she's not giving us advice this time. <laughs> she's letting up. Aww. You are always welcome to come here and be bossy. Oh, thank because you. Because that is our jam. Thank you. Yeah, I need to. Well, it's that my sometimes. jam. I don't want to speak for you. Oh, that's right. I feel pretty bossy. Any any yeah. uh, final words you want to leave us with uh, or anything you want to promote? 
Um, my show, uh, What Are You Afraid Of? Yes, I Like Rhetorical Questions. Uh, the title is, is What Are You Afraid Of? Not Yes, I Like Rhetorical Questions. Uh, just What Are You Afraid Of? Uh, is now at QED in Astoria yes. the fourth Thursday of every month. Uh, awesome. Yeah, definitely come see it if you are in the area and and even if you're not. It sells <laughs> out it. too. It goes Yeah, it does. Really it does. Well it does yeah. Oh, cool. And Catherine was there at our, at our inaugural inaugural. Catherine was there at our inaugural show, and it was it. amazing. That it was incredible. such a good show all around. It was around. an amazing show. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I'm, 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 just all the guests were wonderful, and uh, QED is so nice, and it's, it's great. It's a really great place and great atmosphere. Yeah. I, I have a premonition that this will be the thing that gets me to Queens. Yeah. It's that. It sounds like that and Keith and the Girl. Yeah. It's a good yeah. only time yeah. I ever really same go. neighborhood. Totally. Yeah, I don't know anything else of Queens but that like four block radius. <laughs> right. It's a, yeah, and there's like a lot of good food and places to go. At Bear there. Burger. And yeah, Bear Burger is nearby. Mara and I like to go to Bear Burger. Yeah. We, oh, we go to Bear Burger all the and time. And then I like tweet them and say thank you and then there's like yeah. some. I've seen, have you guys like tweeted at each other? Like Bear Burger and yes. you? Yeah. yeah. That's adorable. Yeah. And then that. every time I bring Bear Burger home, one of my cats steals the fries. Aww. Yeah, and I've tweeted at them before, like, "Hey, my cat stole my food," <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, sorry, maybe maybe order one of the kids' meals for them next time." So cute, not a bad yeah. idea. Whoever's maybe doing on their the birthday. Bear Burger Twitter, you're yeah. nailing it. Yeah, yeah good job, it. good job. Maybe we can get them to follow the struggle bus on Twitter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, on official that note, sponsor, <laughs> Mara, thank you so much. Yeah, for thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. 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 